Tashi Delic, our little gemlings, and welcome to Gem Girls, the cartoon podcast where we sling hot steaming piles of Yeti doo-doo mm-hmm. at the worst cartoons the 80s have to offer. Yeti doo-doo, hard to come by, but the best for slinging. Yeah, it's the rarest doo-doo. Exactly, and it's like hard and has some jagged edges, so like you really like, <laughs> stuck with someone. Yeah, it's like half icicle. Exactly, exactly. You take your eye out with uh, you'll take your eye out with Yeti doo-doo. Ew. Uh, as a saying, people say, uh, do do that Yeti do do that you do so well. <laughs> do me like that Yeti do do. <laughs> that Yeti, Yeti do do voodoo. Uh, <laughs> anyways, Yeti do do, we love it. Here for it on the record. Anyways, we're a cartoon hate watch podcast. <laughs> yeah. With, <laughs> with a particular focus on Gem and the Holograms. Which is definitely a turd, not Yeti doo-doo, but a more, I would say, dog variety turd. Uh, <laughs> but the kind of dog turd that has golden flecks in it that you create after forcing your dog to have to take shit gold pills. Yeah. Uh, or gold shit pills. We're still not turned. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know the terminology, but shit and gold are in the, in the title. Uh, you give it to your dog to make them shit gold uh, pills. Uh, and the gold element <laughs> is there because we still certainly low-key, high-key love this show. Uh, I am Orifus Jones. And I'm Hakuta Matitis. And I gotta pause and say thank you, Orifus, for that journey of an intro. Yeah, wow. It was, I was working <laughs> with four lines of script there, but I really turned it into something else. Yeah, sidebar, sidebar, <laughs> hyphen, dash. <laughs> Yeah, period. <laughs> Semicolon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Parentheses, what up, what up, what up. <laughs> anyway, this week we are taking a trip to the Himalayas in search of the mythical Shangri-La, which does not actually exist, but rather mm-hmm. was invented by a British writer by the name of James Hilton in his 1933 novel, Lost Horizon. So, I mean, did you know this about Shangri-La? Like, I had no idea it was basically just made up by some British dude. Yeah. um, I mean, the concept is still apparent in Tibetan lore, I guess. But the name Shangri-La was invented by him, seemingly. Yeah. Also, can we have a moment? Shangri-La or Shangri-La? Shangri-La. Because I was like, fancy. damn. Yeah, you're sipping on a teacup and a giant hat. <laughs> British royalty style. Oh, yes, and then we went to Shangri-La. <laughs> I was summering in Shangri-La. Well, that's how I do. That's how I yeah, yeti do. Yeah. Of do. course, a yeti do do. Uh, <laughs> which is also fitting because this uh, imperialist British motherfucker, James Hilton, created the idea. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. He didn't, like, read anything about Tibet ahead of time. No books, no articles on the interwebs. There was no interwebs in 1933. There are lots. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's 0%. Didn't even read an encyclopedia article. No encyclopedias. Yeah, yeah. He did not go to Encyclopedia Browntown, all right? What the fuck? (laughs) 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 What the fuck is that? So... Uh, if I remember correctly, Encyclopedia Brown is like a book series about like an encyclopedia. No, it's not about an encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> Way better idea. It's about a little boy who solves mysteries. And I think he's like really smart. So his nickname is Encyclopedia. So Encyclopedia Brown. It's not actually about encyclopedias. So that was a, a silly comment for me to make. 
Um, Encyclopedia Brown just sounds like, I don't know, like something about rim jobs. <laughs> it's where you would I get Encyclopedia Brown could be like a like the, the the librarian term for where you go to check up on RJs. Like if, <laughs> if you gotta do some RJ research, you go to the Encyclopedia Brown section of the library. <laughs> yeah, going downtown. Yeah, going downtown. Encyclopedia Brown. Brown town. Yeah, it also just sounds like an animated animated humanoid encyclopedia with little legs right. <laughs> who also loves rim jobs who also loves rim jobs i mean yeah. giving them getting them exactly like a slightly slutty a slightly slutty encyclopedia uh with that has little legs obviously in fishnets yes that you obviously. know probably works yeah obviously that works the street corner either receiving or getting Rim jobs? I don't know. A, sl- yeah. a slight encyclopedia. I think that's. I think we've established that. Yeah, it's an encyclopedia of the night. Right. <laughs> encyclopedia Brown colon encyclopedia of the night. Uh, <laughs> our ongoing young adult fantasy series. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'd read the hell out of that. I mean, who would Encyclopedia Brown like? Who would the Johns be? Who would like? I don't know. Who is she turning tricks? with uh i'm just yeah i'm not sure maybe there's like a moral element to the story so she actually hooks up with generally poorly educated jock types and at the uh-huh. end of the story they all they somehow learn something from encyclopedias uh innards and by innards i mean the book pages <laughs> all of inner uh, yeah. content Content, uh, and also her innards, because she's giving, they're getting her RJs, they're giving her RJs. So, like, you know, it's a learning experience while also being a sexual awakening. Because I imagine Encyclopedia Brown, her gender identity is probably female, but I think she, like, plays it loosey-goosey. Yeah, and I mean, from multiple perspectives, it's educational, right? Because these jocks probably don't respect her because she's a prostitute. Right, right. they learn that this Encyclopedia Brown... Of the night. <laughs> Whose last more... name is Brown? <laughs> holds more knowledge than anyone they've ever met. Exactly, exactly. It's like, it's almost like a pretty woman type situation, but it's an encyclopedia. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> if a... Julia Roberts was an encyclopedia, which is honestly, she'd be better looking if she was an encyclopedia. Oh my god, if she was wearing the, those like over the knee high heeled boots. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kind that, like, it almost, like, looked like it could be, like, an armor type thing, because it goes so high, like, it's protecting your upper thigh, but it's just a very large flare. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's one of her outfits. Of course. Also, while this, it might be a mystery type setting, uh, but this could play into it. I do think Encyclopedia Brown would work very well in a crime noir setting. Yes, and her absolutely. partner in and her partner in crime noir could be Spider Veg. Of course. I was just thinking that, Michael. As soon as you said crime noir, I was like, Spider Veg has to right, be. Yeah, there. I mean when you when you say crime noir, you think Spider Veg. <laughs> that's just that's just a fact. Everyone knows that. Uh, and listener, if we haven't gone to Spider Veg on this podcast before, which I think is shocking if we haven't, but just in right. case Spider vag is a, I'm not sure, we haven't really necessarily parsed out if she's a vaginal spider or a spider that is a vagina. Regardless. 
a spot like a vagina with spider legs. Of course, but I'm just I just mean does that mean that does that necessarily say that she didn't come out of a giant vagina? Because a spider vagina uh, could, you know, I imagine came from an originally other vagina and then, you know, went on its journey. Uh, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> okay, whatever. The origin of the spider vag as amorphous as the origin of Cyclopedia Brown. The main thing you got to know is that a vagina with eight legs, six eyes, I want to say as well, that fights crime for a world that hates and fears her because she is a vagina spider. Right, exactly. And during the daytime, she works in an office. Right. Uh, by the name of... Clarissa. Clarissa. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, Clarissa working a day job as an office. I want to say she's like an executive assistant, maybe to like a newspaper editor or something. Who's like kind of creepy. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And then Spider Veg still just looks like a, you know, a spider, a vagina with a bunch of legs. But during the daytime, she has, like, you know, high heels on or maybe, like, a trench coat or something. Yeah, she's cinched in with a power suit. So, right, like, and, like, exactly. Away. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then at nighttime, she, like, you know, she goes full, full Spider Veg. Oh, yeah, and she lets loose. Yeah. She lets her freak flag flag fly. Her lips and legs be flailing everywhere. Uh, And as she's shooting around town, much like Spider-Man does, but I think Spider-Vag really perfected the the swinging through the street scenario. She uh, often comes by Encyclopedia of the Night, Encyclopedia Brown. Right, and they, I don't know, Encyclopedia Brown gives her clues on... You know, yeah, she's like an important stuff. source because she's like got her ear and by ear, I mean book jacket to the street. Uh, <laughs> so and plus she's a fucking encyclopedia. So she knows shit. She's got her, uh, I don't know, book jacket on the pulse. Of yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Right. You know. Right. Right. You get and it. You get you it. You get it. It's an amazing <laughs> concept. We're workshopping it. It may or may not be a Netflix series. We'll see. But anyway, and actually, I have another thing to say before. Please, we're not done here, obviously. Go ahead. <laughs> I feel like this concept is pretty similar. Not pretty similar. Nothing is like this. It's never been done before. <laughs> um, but, like, the animation would kind of be, like, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. 100%. Very low budge, but for that specific reason. Like, you know, it's a conscious choice to look really janky. And also because we have no money. <laughs> right, right, right. That is also part of it, but also it's an aesthetic decision because we want it to be, you know, like authentic. And uh, it's about spider badges and slutty encyclopedias. So <laughs> it's pretty raw. It's pretty raw, hard-hitting stuff yeah, that anyone, exactly. any woman can relate to, really. Any, any woman, anyone who's human. met a woman can relate to it. <laughs> Which I'm going to say is most people. Who hasn't met a woman? Uh, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you've met two grown-ass women. Uh, at least their their voices. I feel like you know us at this point. <laughs> what? I feel like the listener knows us at this point. So they've at least met, you know, these two women. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Not to say but- that I actually identify as a woman, but my, one of my favorite sayings is... Anytime, it could be, you know, not related to anything, but just reacting with a, I'm a grown-ass woman. <laughs> 
Like, oh, excuse yeah, me, sir, can I, can I check your bag? It's like, no, you cannot. I am a grown-ass woman. <laughs> One of my favorite things you've ever said or done is when we went to the Fantasia Film Festival, and you're like, the attendant was trying to check your ticket or you needed to go back in, and you're like, oh, I just need to get my MERSE. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I remember I remember that specifically one because it was slightly traumatic because I was super stoned and this woman had already kind of like she hadn't given me guff but because I had a press pass a lot of the press people were kind of abusing it because you had to get there early to get your early arrival seats. Uh, yeah. And then they, they didn't they didn't want the press people showing up like after entry uh, because they were like, look, you have a free ticket. You're coming in here kind of taking seats that should be for the regular ticket payers. You got to get here early if you want to use this privilege. And I was totally uh... fine with that. Uh, but I, I made a, like I had to make a point of letting the people know like, hey, I already got a seat. I'm just going outside for a smoke. And I guess I didn't tell this woman that. Uh, and I actually also kind of had, like, a slight crush on her because she was, like, cool and, like, you know, edgy. Yeah, I think she was wearing a leather jacket. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she looked cool. She was pretty hot. May or may not slay vampires kind of vibe. And so I went So I went to the theater, you know, got my seat. I think you had, you had joined me. I put my Merce down. Merce being short for man purse, of course. Uh, and when I went outside, <laughs> got stoned and came back in, I was already feeling awkward because I'm in this like giant public setting, very high. And then I'm walking in. She's like, hey, I didn't see your tickets. Like, oh, no, 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 I have a press thing. She's like, you have to like wait now. And I was like, no, 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 I already went inside. She's like, you physically went inside and got to see. I was like, yeah, you can go check my Merce. And she was just <laughs> like, all right, fair enough. I heard Merce. Merce first, go ahead. <laughs> Walk into the room first first. Exactly, exactly. Which, that Merce, my favorite Merce of all, I've had it for like over 10 years now. It slightly broke yesterday. Aw, I'm so sorry. Yeah, like it's fixable. It's just like the strap, like the, I'm actually surprised this hasn't happened yet. The, uh, the, the, uh, the stitching for the strap kind of came loose and fell off and I could easily get it repaired. I just got to take it to a place. That's so sad. Um, well best of luck to you yeah um, i'm gonna <laughs> repair that merce and it'll be better than new baby <laughs> um anyway let's bring it all the way back right let's finish this introduction i think we were yeah, we, halfway <laughs> got, like, through it two lines in um so why the fuck are we talking about shangri-la shangri-la you ask well because in this week's episode of gem season two episode 22 Journey to Shangri-La, and now I'm going to quote the Gem Fandom Wiki here, by the way. Sidebar, thanks, Gem Fandom Wiki, we love you. Thanks! Thanks, you guys! (laughs) Really holding it down. Yeah, we're really doing God's work up in there. Uh, So... The synopsis is, the holograms try to find Shangri-La, the mythical city where all music and art is kept, to add a new twist to their music. When Pizzazz and Roxy end up sick, and Shangri-La's music is the only thing that can cure them, not a thing, it's a race against time to save them. So basically, they want to go to a different country and pillage its art for their own personal gain. How very colonial and how very gemmy. Yeah, Trey Jemmy, that is basically their MO, you know, parachute into a place, destroy it, take it for what it's worth, and then get the fuck out of there. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Yeah, pretty much. Richard Merwin wrote this episode, and this is the third 
one he wrote for Jem. Not quite third time's a charm there, Richard Merwin. Uh, the other two... Third time's a slime. Yeah, there you go. Third, third time's a slime. <laughs> so I explained three times a slime to the dude that I'm currently seeing. Oh, Lord. Uh, and he was basically like, yeah, no, that's accurate. Uh, oh, my he, God. Roasted. I did. I do produce a lot of slime. It's just like, it's facts. Facts are facts, people. Uh, anyways. <laughs> just going to casually drop that in. Oh my God. So Richard Merwin, he also wrote two other quite nonsensical episodes of Gem, uh, which for this show is a, that's a pretty high bar. They're all pretty fucking ridiculous. And those were In Search of the Stolen Album, and the Rock Fashion Book, which again, what even is a Rock Fashion Book? Encyclopedia Brown don't even know what a Rock Fashion Book yeah, is, Yeah, right? that's not even in it. <laughs> it's not even, yeah, it's not a thing. Yeah, Encyclopedia Brown would open her her, her pages or contents and then point to the entry that says, like, the fuck? <laughs> things that are not things. Yeah, yeah, And it wouldn't yeah, even yeah. be on there because it's not even something that people would conceive of. Um, but anyway, I don't even think old Dick here even knew what a rock fashion book is. Either old way. Dick le- old Dick Merwin. Old Dick. I want his old Dick. Let me. I want that old Dick Merwin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know what Richard Merwin looks like. I don't know either. Uh, either way, let's get into this episode finally and talk about yeah, yeah, what yeah. is going on. Going um, on, going on. Uh, so, so we, go ahead, go ahead. So we open to uh, the Starlight House where the holograms are entertaining, eating with, dining with this genteel British man, white, yeah. obviously. Obviously. Who is regaling them with a tale of savage tribesmen who are brandishing their clubs at a group of, you know, the British man's peers. Um, And basically this whole thing is like, yeah, these savages were like threatening to beat us with their clubs because we were on their sacred burial ground. And it's like, bro, how are you telling the story as if you were in the right? Yeah, it's pretty twisted because he's going off about how, yeah, these savages were going to rip us apart. And then we happened to be standing on their sacred burial site and they couldn't even touch us. <laughs> Silly savages with their religious beliefs. And I was like, whoa, dude, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, and of course, all of the holograms uh, are like nodding and smiling. And oh, they're like, into oh, it. They're into oh, it. How rich. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Shayna has mild stank face, though, which I appreciate. Right, right. Yeah, you did point that out to me. I didn't catch the stank face, but I think it's important that that Shayna has it Mm -hmm. uh, for this, like, Indiana Jones motherfucker who's, I don't know, a colonial researcher. I don't know. His whole whole vibe over this episode is pretty twisted. I thought he was going to be evil, quite honestly. Yeah, I did, too. (laughs) Um, And I was kind of disappointed that he wasn't a villain, but we'll get more into that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyways, as we're learning from him, or as we, you know, come out of the story, Jem is like, oh, like, you're a musicologist. He's like, yeah, and I I do enjoy how this researcher, researcher, I can speak words, uh, (laughs) his name is Andrew or something, and he immediately assumes after being mentioned that he's a musicologist, like, oh, you're having trouble with your music, eh, Jim? Well, you know, that's pretty apparent. I listened to it. 
Yeah, your old stuff is really played out, generic, and, like, not even really music. Right. As a musicologist, it's difficult for me to call it music. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah, that garbage. Yeah, um, oh, that trash. That's the technical term I'm using here. Trash. Uh, <laughs> so Andrew asks them if they've ever heard of Shangri-La and Jer Bear is like, isn't that some made up place in Tibet, which it is. But Andrew is like, I know it exists. It's not mythical. I have never been. Uh, but, you know, apparently this is the origin. This is a site of all the music and art of the world. All yeah, yeah. Literally, he, he says, there. yeah, he literally says, all music and art ever known has originated from here. And I was like, wow, okay, I didn't, I didn't know that was Shangri-La. Uh, and then everyone, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, I guess we got to go to Tibet. Guess we got to do it. Yeah, um, so they obviously go, but we cut to Tech Rat's lair, uh, where he's getting some sort of gem alert uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, big tech rats always watching. And, uh, basically he sees that they, they've bought a ticket to Tibet. He immediately calls Eric. Um, Eric interrupts the misfits while they're recording and is like, do you know why the holograms are going to Tibet? And everyone's like, no, but clearly they're doing something important, so we need to go too. Yeah, no questions asked. Don't know why, but we're doing it. If they're doing it, we're doing it. Yeah, it's a huge... Uh, like, it doesn't make any sense. Why not just finish what you're doing, make your music, stay in America, not go to some remote-ass place for no reason? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I wonder how much more productive and what the Misfits could accomplish. And Eric Raymond unto himself, if it is, like, let the gem thing go. For sure. Um, yeah, so we cut to the airport in Tibet where the holograms have landed. Uh they have a Sherpa guide. Whose name was like, I, I, I wrote it down, Milky the Sherpa. <laughs> I do not know if his name is Milky, but. There is a 0% chance that that's his name, but sure. All right. I like it. Milky the Sherpa. Because uh, <laughs> he like, you know, he, he's so good at milking goats or whatever Sherpas do. They're guides, aren't they? Yeah, but I mean, I imagine they have to, like, milk livestock every once in a while, right? They're living in the mountains. <laughs> Mountain goats. You know that the Sherpa, Sherpa um, as a job, is the most dangerous in the world? I believe that. I mean, they're, yeah. going, they're going all around town looking for fucking maybe real cities while ice yetis are coming through. It's dangerous stuff. Yeah, guiding rich Americans who have nothing better to do but traipse through the Himalayas that are quite dangerous and prone to avalanches and, you know, large gusts of winds and freezing cold temperatures. Yeah, and that's like, the, that's the real description of the job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but apparently it pays pretty well. So you die, you get some money, who knows? Who knows? Um, who even knows? I don't live that Sherpa life. I, yeah, I would never live that Sherpa life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> for sure not Sherpa, all right? I don't know. <laughs> sure, Pa, that's what you <laughs> say to your dad. <laughs> sure, Pa, I'll be a Sherpa. Sure, Pa. <laughs> sure, I, it's, I, yeah, it's true. I did grow up with a lot of uh, nagging from my father wanting to be a Sherpa. 
Anyway, I mean, the, the pun, the rhyme, the wordplay <laughs> checks out, so it must be true. Must be true, bitch, it rhymes. Um, so anyway, while they're traipsing through the cold, um, complaining, we get the song Shangri-La. Gem in the Hologram song that honestly I don't remember how it goes. It's the Shangri-La said a bunch. I think it might go like Shangri-La, but that could be literally every gem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I've noticed every gem song, you just take a word and then you just go <laughs> uh like here what I have written on my page here. Uh Cruella Winter Fierce. Cruella, da, 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 da. and then in the background you have like winter fierce. Da, na, na. <laughs> it's always just one word repeated, and then in the background there'll be like melodic voices re-saying that word. Um, Cruella winter fierce is a much better song. It is that actually that would be like a dope. It would be like more of an R B R and B club track. Uh, but that is not this song. Shangri La is shitty. It's, yeah, it's a song, It I guess you could call it that, and it's it involves them just walking through the snow and shit. Yeah, yeah, it's like a bunch of winter scenes, they're in the Himalayas and stuff, everyone's having, you know, group hallucinations of the city that seems to be disappearing all the time. Yeah, um, anyway, the song ends, and this is where Cruella Winter Fierce becomes right. relevant because the Misfits roll up. Pizzazz is serving Cruella realness in her winter coat. Gotta love it. Oh, uh, yeah, they look great. They look great. Uh, and, and then we get, like, more of the holograms hiking and shit. I don't well, fucking know. There's a lot of hiking. We, yeah, there's a lot of walking through the snow. Um, but uh, the Misfits also have a Sherpa who I kind of want to address because he looks like a gremlin. Like a shriveled up, <laughs> like gray scaly lizard man interesting maybe is he like part ice yeti did he like i don't know maybe <laughs> someone got freaky with that ice yeti and then they busted out this evil sherpa oh my god i mean like he's not that hairy and he's oh, not that okay. jacked I, if i've learned okay. anything from this episode which we'll get to it's that yetis are super jacked and like uncomfortably so uncomfortably jacked which is not something I say a lot, but when it's a Yeti, uh, yeah. yeah Yeti yeah. So, spaghetti. <laughs> Yo, don't you forget that Yeti spaghetti. Because <laughs> <laughs> my mom didn't wait. I My mama didn't spend eight hours making that Yeti spaghetti for you all for you to forget it. <laughs> um, I think the story behind the Sherpas is that the Sherpa is that the gem and the hologram, gem and the holograms, they get, you know, the clean cut, good Sherpa. Right, And right. the misfits get the shriveled up goblin, <laughs> evil <laughs> Sherpa. Uh, well, as we all know, evil Sherpas are all like one quarter goblin. Yeah, I guess so. I, I got edumacated on that in Encyclopedia Brown. <laughs> 
Because Encyclopedia Brown, like, you don't do regular book learning. You get educated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I also think the animation of the Sherpa is, like, mildly racist. Oh, know, yeah, which... yeah. Props, 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 props. So, yeah, I mean, like, maybe um, the writer of this episode, Dick, old Dick, old Dick over old here. Dick, old Dick Merlin. Uh, <laughs> Merlose. No, I'm kidding. That's so mean. Uh, <laughs> Merloser. <laughs> Yo, he ain't a merwinner, right? He ain't He's not a he ain't merwin. He's not an aquatic winner. Um, yeah, he did not check his Encyclopedia Brown for facts. He's not an Encyclopedia Brown noser. <laughs> um, Encyclopedia Brown noser, obviously being avid. Customer, regular customers of Encyclopedia Brown or Encyclopedia Brown nosers. Yes, um, and give the give Encyclopedia Brown a rim job, uh, or just jam right, their right, nose right, right, right up there. Right. So now, um, if we just ponder for a moment longer, uh, which also rhymes, yeah. uh, the act of eating out an Encyclopedia's butthole. <laughs> um, where? What part of the book would that be? Uh, the spine. Like, so there's my like neck, my spine? back, my pussy, and my crack. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so if you think of the spine, like, right way up, like, the top right. is the neck, then, like, the length right, is the, the back, and then... The back? And then the bottom is the pussy and or crack. Got you. So we're talking... The bottom of the book where like, the book kind of opens up right around the spine area is probably the bottom. Yes. On the bottom yes. part. <laughs> okay. Or maybe you open up an Encyclopedia Brown. Like you open it to the page about like sphincters or something like buttholes. And then the page just turns into a butthole. True, true, true. Because Encyclopedia Brown may be magical. We're not sure if she's either a mutant, a radioactive um, <laughs> monstrosity, or a magical slutty book. Right. <laughs> Could be any of those. Right. I mean, the only things, that, the only encyclopedia articles it has are about slutty things. Right, because um, it's Encyclopedia Brown, as we confirmed. <laughs> slutty book. Yeah, slutty Encyclopedia Brown. Encyclopedia Brown also likes to go downtown, so... True. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then there's also Encyclopedo Yellow. What? Who is the pedophile encyclopedia? I'm sorry, but like, with a great good must come a dark doesn't even make any sense. What are you making a pun of? <laughs> I don't know. Because Encyclopedo, it sounds kind of funny. It's like a pedophile. Encyclopedo Yellow? Oh, oh okay, rocks. like brown. Okay, I got it. Um, yeah, I'm sorry you couldn't can't appreciate my art. <laughs> it was just a lot. I never heard that before. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. That was a lot. Uh, are you sure you're still recording? <laughs> um, confirmed to be recording. I checked. Just okay, in cool, case. cool, cool. Um, so. Uh, Encyclopedo Yellow, um, super nefarious. We don't like her. Yeah, bad guy. Bad, bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bad girl, guy, gender TBD. Yeah, 
anyway, so they are still trekking through the snow. Uh, the holograms and Andrew and the Sherpa get lost. Shayna is still complaining about exercising. Um, she says she hates hiking and loves resting. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I do love resting. But it just makes her sound like... Generally after hiking. Yeah, it sounds like... She sounds like such a lazy bitch, though. <laughs> she does. She does. She does. Also, I mean, the impression I got with this Andrew guy, I definitely thought he was going to be secretly evil at the end. Uh, yes, but he was already openly evil from the beginning. That's true. That's true. I guess I just thought there was going to be a moment where he was going to try and steal the magical totem of Shangri-La to, like, I don't know, take to a museum or, like, for further investigation he's breaking like i don't know some sort of great law that it can't leave the city or something i thought i thought there was gonna be something like that but he's he just kind of fizzles to the background yeah like he kidnapped one of the inhabitants of shangri-la to put in some sort of museum or carnival act right right yeah to encase in carbonite to preserve (laughs) forever (laughs) to make shriveled heads shriveled pickled heads or something yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, Andrew doesn't do that. Disappointingly, really. He would have been more interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, he was kind of a disappointment. Right. As this is happening, though, we see, like, a hella muscular yeti <laughs> that is, like, watching them the entire time. I don't know. This yeti scenario was a real, it was a real choice. I was getting furry tease from this. Like, Beauty and the Beast? Uh, but I'm not going to say Beauty and the Beast because it's Gem and like, she's not that right, beautiful. Right, right, right. Mediocre, yeah, mediocre, like a six out of, <laughs> uh, a hot five, six out of ten on the Beast. <laughs> because he was like super ripped and they were all super up in ripped. each other's business. I know, I know. This Yeti was like looking for it and he was like giving those non-verbal sexual cues. Yeah, um, he made me a little bit uncomfortable, not gonna lie. Oh, me too, he was hella creepy. He was hella creepy and very jacked and naked scene. <laughs> I know. I, like that kind of humanoid creature, even if they don't have the intelligence of human beings, I just can't find them cute. They make me uncomfortable, like monkeys or apes. They're too... Yeah, yeah. They're too close to being human to not be creepy to me. Well, yeah. Monkeys, uh, it depends what monkey, I suppose. This fucking Yeti, for sure, dude. This fucking Yeti is (laughs) hella creepy. Yeah, but um, he comes in peace. Uh, He wants wants to show them the way... uh, which I guess that's what the Sherpa said. Um, and so we cut to Eric and the Misfits and the evil Sherpa dude who decide that the only way to get from point A to point B is to scale a very dangerous looking cliff. Right. Spoiler alert. They almost died. Yeah. Uh, as you, as you could imagine. And then, Gem and the holograms and the Yeti have to come through to save them. Yes. Um, Yeah, so the Yeti kind of, yeah, calls the holograms over to go rescue uh, the misfits. And they have all these elaborate ropes and pulleys and shit. 
uh, and save the misfits in this really elaborate rescue operation. And the misfits don't even say thank you. (laughs) Yeah, they really are huge bitches about it. I think someone calls them like Gem and the Wimpograms. Not the best, but I appreciated Uh, it. Uh, Although Kimber, Kimber does throw some shade at Stormer. Where she's like, Stormer, like, how much do you weigh or something like that? And I was like, whoa, bitch. Yeah, that's so rude. Um, Yeah. Anyway, uh, the misfits are now ahead of the holograms because they pretty much just shove them out of the way. But then somehow end up way ahead of them. Uh, (laughs) Whatever. Um, And so the holograms are kind of discussing, like, what could they possibly be here for? And they kind of clue in that they're probably just copying them and after the same exact thing. Um, right, right, right. Uh, and then, but even when they get, so they, they reach this Hunza village is like what they're in search for. Hunza? I, I really Hansa, didn't really know what they were saying. Yeah. Hunza? Uh, and the misfits get there first because they kind of screwed uh, the holograms over. And Pizzazz gets there. And she's like, oh, okay, we're at this village now. And she's like, oh, this whole, whole thing's got to be about music. So, like, good thing we got here first. And, again, dude, like, you really went through all this nonsense and uh, screwed over the people who just rescued you without even <laughs> knowing what you were doing. I know. It's so pathetic. Um this scene is kind of amazing because I love the old woman uh, who yeah, is yeah, apparently yeah, yeah, the head yeah, of the yeah. village. Pizzazz comes in, is immediately like, yo, are you in charge? The old lady is like, yeah. And Pizzazz is like, I want to hear your music. Uh, and then the old woman's like, no, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're not worthy. <laughs> so fuck off. Right, 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 right. Uh, the old so. I mean, this is, I think, like, generally true of, of uh, kind of Western animation. Don't you kind of find old Asian women just, like, just all look like, like, prunes <laughs> in these types of shows? Yeah. They all just look like a, like a dried-up prune. Yeah. That's very true. I call them old prune ladies. Yeah, no, that's very true. And I, I feel like there isn't a similar depiction of old white people. Like, why is it that when, yeah, yeah, when they're yeah. interacting with someone from East Asia, they have to be old? Is, is it because they're wise or, like, conti- like have some sort of mysterious knowledge or something? Like, it just seems kind of racist. Well, in this, in this, in this case, 100%, that's what it is. It's like, you know, the old, like, Asian mystic, uh, like, in, in Doctor Strange, and they actually got, like, this is the whole thing about Doctor Strange. So Doctor Strange in the original comic book, his like mentor is a dude called the Asian, uh, not the Asian one, the ancient one, <laughs> but he was Asian. Uh, and it was just like a generic, like, you know, old Asian dude, with, like, you know, kind of a wispy beard type thing. It was obviously a stereotype and obviously it was ra- racist. Yeah. Uh, so to like kind of try to avoid that and when doing the movie, they made the character like Celtic and Tilda Swinton played the, uh, the ancient one. Oh, that's one. pretty dope. But then people, but then people still got pissed off. They were like, "Why is the ancient one white? This is whitewashing," uh, which is like maybe not a, not a, a not a, like a fair point kind of thing, because uh, they could have been, you know, they could have had an, an Indian ancient one. That would have been, you know, interesting and would have been plausible kind of thing. Uh, anyway, so they got in shit despite the fact they were trying to avoid the whole racist thing. They still got called racist. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think 
I, I assume that a lot of this anger came from Twitter and or memes or Jezebel or something. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I feel like all of the world's anger starts with Twitter. That's where it originates from. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just like, did you even... Okay, first of all, do you know anything about the original one? Have you actually thought about this issue? Um, and, like, why they may have, may have decided to choose... Tilda Swinton instead of going ahead with the racist stereotype. Like, it's just, like, it's a lot of outrage coming from, like, not a lot of reflection. I I, I agree, but I also do think it was a stupid move on the movie's part to cast a white actor in that role. Why couldn't they just make it a different culture entirely? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it probably would have been better if the rest of the cast had been very diverse, right? That's the thing. That's the thing. Because it was a pretty, like, white-heavy movie. Like, the only person of color is... I think there's an Asian dude in it, a supporting actor. And, like, there's a black guy in it, but he also becomes the villain. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're going to do that and, like, try to respond or, you know, improve the stereotype or whatever, you kind of just have to, like, make all the cast very diverse. Kind of like Hamilton, that musical. Um Right, right, right. Never seen it. Never yeah, seen me neither. Um, I started watching it on Disney, and I couldn't get into it. Yeah, I like something like like I like like musicals, but I don't think I could watch a production of a musical like you know for my couch. You know what I mean? Well, it's just like I don't know if I want to watch this like rap musical at the same time. Like it just true. feels like super true, 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 hokey, true, true. and I can imagine some I don't know white. I don't know, elite in a booth with a monocle and a top hat being like, oh, <laughs> oh, the, the street culture. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Those white elites. <laughs> but I know, I know it's like, it's won so many, Gra- not Grammys, Tonys, and like, he's super respected, right, right, right. so I'll just shut up. I know, I, I mean, I spoke to Tony, he loves it, he loves it. <laughs> All the Tonys love it. <laughs> All the Tonys. I've met several, at least four Tonys. Who don't like Hamilton, so. <laughs> Italian Tonys, by the way. The real ones. Of course. Of course, of course. If it's not short for Antonio, then are you using <laughs> That's a good point. Because then you would be, like, yeah. if you're an Anthony, then you're a Thony. <laughs> Yeah, you're a phony, you fucking pothy. Like. <laughs> a phony. Oh my lord. Yeah, I'm sure Hamilton is fine, okay? Don't gang up on me yeah, on Twitter, yeah, yeah, yeah. please. Right, 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 right. Tony's layoff. <laughs> no, no shit. To all the Tony's out there, Hamilton, we're fine with it. We're fine with Hamilton. We're chill with Hamilton. That's all yeah, we're fine with it. Um, anyway... Um, I know that's still not the right take about Hamilton. Right. Anyways, I yeah, yeah. We should probably watch it before we have a take. Um, <laughs> True. So in this episode, they're, I think they're still like searching for shit or everyone's still hiking. And we get the song, You Gotta See the View from here, which is a misfit yeah. song.
as they're as they're kind of like gloating about, I guess, being ahead from of the the, the holograms. Who the fuck knows? I think they're like shook. They're shaken by the beauty of it all, which is funny yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, actually, it's about being on top. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just in the in the music video there are parts where the Yeti looked super ripped, but also very gaunt. <laughs> You know, it was a weird combo sometimes. Uh, and the only other thing I really feel the need, the compulsion, the desire to say about this um, music video is at one point, they have an extended scene of the Misfits basically just kind of prancing, like hella gay-like. Uh, and the Yeti loves it. The Yeti is so into it. Um, yeah, the Yeti. When you when you described him as very gaunt but ripped at the same time, I thought about Christian Bale's physical transformations, and for one of the movies, right, from like machinist to Batman, yeah, whichever one where he was, uh, yeah, a hundred and twenty pounds and hella gaunt. Um, yeah, 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 the machinist. Yeah, sure. have you seen it? That's it. Yeah, I saw it. Is it good? <laughs> it was fine. It was, it's like a lot of other movies. Like, you can kind of see what's going to happen. It's good for, like, you know, Christian Bale is good in it, and he obviously transformed his body. I think, like, needlessly so, because the movie really wasn't that good. That's his uh, whole brand. But it is his whole He's, brand. He um, always makes these extreme body transformations for movies that are mediocre. Extreme makeover Christian Bale edition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what the show's called. Uh... But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't say, like, don't see the movie, but I wouldn't also, like, I think there are other movies that kind of do the same thing that I like more. Okay. Noted. Um, I wasn't going to watch it. Uh, Perfect. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this music video, like, nothing fucking happens again. Nothing fucking happens again. Uh, but afterwards right out of it as they're still exploring and i think oh yeah what happened was the younger uh hunza village woman who defied her matriarch was like oh okay she's not going to show you where shangri-la is but i'll show you this bitch don't know shit and she didn't know where shit is uh and they find themselves in a patch of snow briars yeah whatever those are Whatever those are, and basically what they are, are magical thorns that grow in the Himalayas. Because if you're pricked by these thorns, you are, you, bitch, you dead. Like, you're gonna die. There's no cure except for the music of Shangri-La, apparently. Right. Yeah, apparently. So, um, being stupid, Pizzazz and Roxy's Roxy get uh, nicked by the thorns and they're going to die. Well, in kind of an uncharacteristically kind situation, because... True, yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, Lutze, or whatever his name, Lysen. name is. Lysen. Lysen. <laughs> Lutze. I had the... I had, yeah. <laughs> so, hey. Uh, I had the general sounds almost right. Um... <laughs> Yeah, she falls into the batch of snow briars, but, you know, kind of evades them by, just by sheer luck. And as Roxy and Pizzazz fish her out of there, that's how they get nicked. Yeah. Um, they immediately start falling on the ground. Um, those bitch, those bitches gonna die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Death's dead. Yes. Um, so basically... 
Jem, the Yeti makes another appearance, I think, and brings yeah, he, them. He, right, right. He carries them over to the town, and they're discovered. And they're like, oh, shit, they're going to die because that whole Snowbriar thing happened. Right, and Jem is, um, like, to the great-grandmother, uh, can we please get the music of Shangri-La, like, they're going to die. And then the woman is like, if they're going to die, then they die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's super real about it. She's super real about it. And then she's still, like, Jem's like, no, like, you know, please, like, show me the way. And she says, like, you know, you're a trifling ass hoe. I know you're being fake right now. I know you're a false bitch. Like, stop this. Yeah. Um, you're only the pure may find Shangri-La. You're a fake ass bitch. And then Jem reveals that she is Jerrica, and this is kind of where the old lady loses points for me, because immediately she's like, okay, I see who you are now. Here's a map. It's like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Lady, if Uh, you were some sort of oracle mystic type, like, you would be able to see right through Jerrica, because she uses a mask all the time. She, like, dissociates when things become too difficult or emotional or whatever. Like, she's still fake. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, the this old lady, she loses points with me as well. But I saw this coming. I was like, of course, as soon as she reverts to Jim, there she's gonna like find a way there. Because how else is gonna episode? How else is the episode gonna end in like seven minutes? Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, they try to save the six sick ones. Uh, the sick ones. The sick ones. <laughs> That's what I wrote in my note. What do I mean? <laughs> Sick ones. Um, ones. So they look for Shangri-La and at first they can't see anything, but then a fog lifts and Shangri-La is revealed. Um, They enter Shangri-La, which is populated by a bunch of immortal people who we learn once they go into Shangri-La, they never leave. Yeah, the implication being if they were to exit the city, they would revert to their actual ages, which would cause them to die because they're very very old yes exactly and um the llama who runs the place is talking about how it's the birthplace of all the arts on earth which again makes no sense makes no sense this this llama is also described as chief guardian of all the world's arts and i was like oh okay sure (laughs) all art in the world this guy he's got it he's watching it um so Jem tells this guy that they need help to save the two girls. Um, and they're basically like, look, like, we can't have anyone leave for the reason that you cited, Michael. But, like, you can learn the music and then bring it back to the village. Right, right, right. Uh, and then it's basically decided that Jem is going to be the person to learn this sacred music. Even though she's the one hologram who doesn't play an instrument, uh, doesn't write the music. uh, Yeah, I wasn't here for that in the slightest. Made Uh, no sense. Made no sense. And of course, Jem, though, being the white savior that she is, is like, you know, talented with learning the music. And uh, the llama, you know, lets her learn. Yeah, the llama's like, oh, you, you're so worthy of this. You're so great. Clap, clap, yeah, white woman. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, uh, I didn't like it. Yeah, I wasn't buying that shit. Um, anyway, 
We learned that no one has ever taken music from here before. So Jem really is the first person to do it. Um, the llama praises her, uh, tells her to give the music with, it, tells her to give it freely and with love. Um, the holograms don't want to go back and save the misfits. They are kind of having a great time and like, yeah, I kind of, I, yeah, I kind of love this. We're like, no, we're going to stay gem. Like, fuck off. <laughs> like we're in literal paradise. I think we're good. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Jem obviously is a bitch about it and they, they all leave. Well, I thought they were going to die kind of imminently. I'm surprised that they've been at Shangri-La for God knows how, how long. I mean, maybe time oh, is yeah, different yeah, yeah. in there, but... True, 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 true. Maybe, yeah, they could be some sort of, you know, temporal uh, switchamaroo. But, <laughs> uh, you know, the the holograms could have stayed and Jem could have just left and, like, brought the music. They could have just... They, they didn't have to go anywhere. Yeah, they could have stayed in Shangri-La forever and then... Right, right. You vibed, know. you know? Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't happen. They end up saving... The Misfits, of course. Um, Through song. Through the magic of song. Yeah. And the song that they came up with after, you know, learning from the source of all music ever. Yeah, exactly. This transformational, (laughs) transcendent experience (laughs) uh, amounts to this song called Let the Music Play. Yeah, and honestly, I gotta give it to at least the first five seconds of the cosmic shapes, like, writhing in space, like you're kind of on LSD. That was right, cool, right. but then it was just it was the same cool. thing. Exactly. So I was like, I was very, I was very excited because, like, oh, this video is, like, starting off pretty trippy, very, like, fever dream realness, but then it was just that, that pulsating red it might have been like rose petals. It might have been just pizzazz makeup in a different color and shape. It was just a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of the same thing. Um, but the music makes them come alive. Um, and yeah, so as soon as Roxy and pizzazz are revived, they try to head to Shangri-La themselves. But well, I, I just want to give a shout out to Roxy's line because I think like Ro- like Eric like helps her up as she's like kind of getting out of her fever state and she says hands off turkey, <laughs> which is perfect. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, they uh, want to go to Shangri La, but when they're looking at it, it starts to disappear. So. Too bad, so sad, sucks to suck. Yeah. Sucks to suck, truly. Uh, and that's the end of the episode, because then we get a repeat of that original bullshit song, or the first song. Yeah, no one wants to hear that. I just I block out. I, like, never stay. I know exactly when they're going to pull a repeat performance of the new hit single, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, it would be ridiculous if you watched it again. Like, even for <laughs> someone who has a podcast about the show, I would be... 
shocked and worried if you actually waited and watched the, the repeat performance. I just can't wait to see that song I saw like three you, seconds ago. Exactly, exactly. It was so good. It was so good. Yeah, 15 minutes ago, but I got it. Let's do it again. New hey. single. <laughs> So I guess it can't be a new hit single since they got this for free and he told them to spread it freely and with love. Wouldn't that true, be true. like, I don't know, in breaking with the general idea, the spirit of the thing? Yeah, but you know, Jerrica would find some like twisted logic of like, yeah, but by showing love, he wants us to share it with the most people. And we do great work with Starlight House, so I... By being able to fund fund that, making money off of this record that has this uh, song on it will be a good thing. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. I mean, like, she's a capitalist at the end of the day. She, yeah. Through and through, she is American. That RuPaul song is about Jericho. I am American. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the worst, the worst, the American, worst. American, American, red, white, and, and blue. <laughs> yeah. Just like, like you, you too. too. <laughs> And it's like, oh, you mean the band, you two? Aren't they, like, British or something? Oh, my God. <laughs> Duh, Rue. How does Rue just make songs like that and think it's okay? Well, I mean, it's just a track to have on his television show, so I get it. Yeah, I guess so, but, like, wouldn't you want Congratulations, to... Congratulations. You're number one. Honestly, his songs... <laughs> that was my favorite. I love that one because it's so ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I think his last good one was Kitty Girl. Kitty Girl, yeah, Kitty Girl's a, a hot track. Yeah, it was a fun song, and then they just became ridiculous. I mean, some of them were already ridiculous, like, don't be jealous of my boogie, don't be jealous. Oh, ooh, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. That one's a, that was a keeper. Oh my god. Um, so anyway, who do we think is the baddest bitch of the episode? Baddest bitch of the episode. Uh, I, old lady, whatever her name yeah. is, is a contender. Probably like, I don't know, who else would really, the really Yeti. get in there? Oh, the Yeti. The Yeti. He was mad creeps, though. Yeah. <laughs> he made me uncomfortable. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He I was... think things and feel things that I didn't like. No. Uh, he took me there and I didn't want to go. Exactly, exactly. He also took me, like, to the edge of, you know, like, the, the crotch line and the booty line. It just, I felt like I was going to see something. I just felt like I was really going to see some parts of this Yeti that I wasn't prepared to see. Yeah. Yeti spaghetti. I want a Ooh. Yeti forgetty. Forgetty? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you, like you want to forget about that Yeti? Cause yeah, I want a Yeti forgetty. Okay. I want to like, forget that, that Yeti. Yeti. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Um, yeah, so I think the great-grandmother matriarch mystic person is the best because she kept it real. She did keep it super real. She she told it like it is. Uh, she had a, a light, 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 she had a light misstep with giving Jerrica anything, but, you know, <laughs> she was slave to the plot. I get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. She couldn't help it. Um, so... Yes. Uh, who do we think is the weakest bitch? Weakest. Um, I mean, that professor dude was probably pretty terrible. Yeah, he was the worst. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely Indiana Jones vibes. Definitely right, like right. pillagey colonial type. Yeah, and like a you know a douchey academic. Like he would tell you that he's a musicologist, and he'd be like, "What's that?" And then he you know have his whole sh- like he'd laugh at first, like <laughs> you don't know, and then go into a fucking fifteen minute uh, sermon about it. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> that was very specific. Yeah, I'm not a fan of him at all. I would yeah, I would give yeah. him weakest bitch. Apart from him, there is no one really. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jem's always in the running, but what else is new? <laughs> yeah, if Rio was here, dance. Oh my god, imagine dance. Like if they try to work and dance somehow. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. No, she would like like I feel as soon as she stepped on to the holy land that is Shangri La, her flesh would turn to ash because <laughs> she is such an affront to the concept that is dance that the hub of all culture that is Shangri La would immediately try to destroy her. Yeah, for sure. There's no need. No need. There's no need. There's no, there's no, there's no need for her. There's no need for that. And there, she's not like, okay, the essence of like the pure, the purity and the essence of Shangri-La. Like, I don't know. She's just a, such an aberration, aberration from that. Like, what is her hair? That's not natural. That's not a work of God. Exactly. Exactly. Bitch is purely demonic. Um, <laughs> Shangri-La, she ain't, ain't having none of that. Uh yeah, uh, I'm glad I'm glad we had a moment to rip on dance, even though she didn't appear in this episode. <laughs> I know. I'm really happy we got there. She's always the weakest bitch of the episode, even when she's not there. Very true. Very true. Very true. She's oh yeah, she's always in the running at least, for sure. Um, anyway, uh, we've reached the end of yet another gemisode. Uh, if you liked what you hear. Uh, if you like what you heard, excuse me, uh, then check us out online on the information super highway. It's super cool. If you haven't heard of it anyway, we have a website, (laughs) gemgirls.com. You really bought into that. I love it. (laughs) Have you heard of the internet? It's great, but it's it's also really terrifying and awful. Anyway, gemgirls.com. Instagram, Twitter, at GemGirlsPodcast. And then, of course, as we always say, make sure to rate us and review us wherever you find podcasts. And also, like we always say, what we mean by rate and review is five stars and a positive podcast. Positive review for a positive podcast. That's what I meant to say. Mm -hmm. Anyways, five stars, five reviews. Also, leave five reviews. (laughs) Uh, Obviously... I can no longer form sentences or a linear cognitive thought. Um, all the more reason to give us a positive review. And also, yeah. I would like the five positive reviews to be like <laughs> no, like nonlinear and like incohesive. Non- how, how right, some that? real stream of consciousness shit. You know, yeah. be be very Virginia Woolf. Yeah, I want like beat poetry. If you can make like. <laughs> Each review in a different literary style, that would be ideal. Yeah. One of them has to be romantic style. In the romantic tradition. <laughs> Just saying. One of them has to. That's part of the assignment. One of them, you can, like, write, a, like, a whole speech and then cut up all the words, throw them in the air, and then glue them back together in whatever order. Right. And one of the reviews will be a, a spirit board or a, <laughs> a vision board. A vision board. Sorry. <laughs> Literary tradition of vision boards. 
I also want a spirit board, whatever that is. Me too. <laughs> Me too. A spirit vision board. It's mm-hmm. your board for having spiritual visions. Right. Um, it could be in a different text. It could exist or you can make it up. Right. It could literally be a thought and, uh, or an unformed thought. It's just the idea <laughs> of an idea. It's just an embryo. Exactly. Anyways, with all that said and done, we have now, I think, I feel like, gone to the end of the episode. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we're officially here. Uh, so until next time. Stay outrageous. Stay outrageous. outrageous.